This is a crusade. This is a holy war against the deep state. Where are the dictators? Where are the strong men? Donald Trump is our instrument for retribution. I'm going to fight for Christians. I'm going to fight for white people. They have the Great Reset. We have the Great Awakening. And why shouldn't I root for Russia? Because Which I am. I want to see these people go through misery because of their grooming against our children. After the assailant entered the home asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol. I did nothing wrong. Welcome to a premium episode of the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, where we cut through the noise and help you make sense of the chaotic information space around us. I'm Griff Somke. And I'm Jay McKenzie. I was very much on the left up until, you know, halfway through the primaries. Um, I was a big Bernie supporter. I had leggings with Bernie Sanders' face on them. I mean, I was a huge supporter of his. And then I started watching as the left and even people I was friends with started to become almost insane. I, I mean, when I was on the left, I always thought of us as like the pro-free speech side, the side that was anti-war. And I noticed that the people that I was around on the left were no longer these things and that the right were the ones who were championing, you know, being against war and championing free speech. And so I slowly ended up, you know, moving a little bit to the right and then a little more. And then eventually I was just like, you know, what? I absolutely love Donald Trump and I'm voting for him. Today, we're going to talk about the ultimate political horseshoe, a woman who jumped from years of far left activism to far right influencer with a flip of a switch. And she did this while maintaining that she didn't change at all. You did. That's right. This woman went from saying cops are the fucking mob and police are the worst criminals and gangs, other than the biggest gang in blue, the police, can't kill with impunity, cops can and do, and cops are terrorists, to a few years later backing the blue to the point where she said, based if true, to a headline that read, quote, Trump wanted military to beat the fuck out of George Floyd protesters, just shoot them, says new book, unquote. She also called Derek Chauvin, who was convicted in the murder of George Floyd, a, quote, political prisoner, unquote. Yeah, but she didn't change at all, Griff. We did. The left lost its way. Yeah, we all went woke, it seems. All right, so let's dispense with the formalities and showing off how clever we are and name this woman. We are... Talking, of course, about Cassandra Fairbanks, the Bernie supporter turned Trump troll. And to be clear, her legal name now is Cassandra McDonald, but she still writes under Fairbanks and everyone knows her as Cassandra Fairbanks. I think it's fair to call that her professional name. So Cassandra Fairbanks, it is and shall remain. Indeed. And in this episode, we're going to explain how Cassandra Fairbanks rose to prominence, gained a massive audience, and successfully flipped from one end of the horseshoe to the other. Let's get into it with our resident expert, Robert Silverman. Please stop ascribing expertise to me on these various <laughs> subjects. <laughs> uh, this is beginning to get defamatory. <laughs> <laughs> How dare I? I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go full musk and threaten you with a baseless, frivolous lawsuit if you keep this up. You write a couple <laughs> articles for national publications about them, and all of a sudden, everybody assumes you're an expert. What do you do? 
So let's talk a little bit about what we know about Cassandra's early days. My name's Cassandra. I live in Redlands, California, and um, from Boston originally. How long have you been living here? Um, I've been living here in California since 2006, but um, I briefly moved away for about a year and came back recently. Um, I got really into focusing on police brutality. I was going to a lot of protests and there was always a heavy police presence and um, that bothered me. And then there was the Dorner situation which happened and I live in San Bernardino County where you know they're the ones who killed Dorner. Um, that's when I first like was like, holy crap, this is crazy. The LAPD was driving around shooting at random people. So I, um, I, I was paying close attention to that. That was probably the first moment where I was like, wow, this is out of control. So I'm hesitant to take any of the people we cover at their word. And honestly, that's a lot of what we have from Cassandra's early life. She has said she's part Puerto Rican, but also she has said that she's essentially white as fuck. She says she studied physics in school in Massachusetts and then dropped out. We do know that she spent some time in the East Coast hardcore scene, during which she may have worked for some bands as a sound engineer. Anyway, she bounced around a lot and then later on said she got a job at Greenpeace, which would fit with her persona. Right, yeah. She's always been an animal rights activist. She says she hasn't eaten meat since she was three. And and she's very vocally and kind of creepily out against PETA all the time, even now. Looking at what we know about her early life, it does seem fairly aimless. I say this as someone with plenty of experience with an aimless 20s, and <laughs> thankfully, I did not have a child during those aimless years, but Cassandra did, and she moved around a lot. She moved from the East Coast to the West Coast and back to the East Coast. In a few years, she complained about being broke repeatedly, and she didn't seem to keep any job for very long, but she was trying to make ends meet and kind of just kept bouncing around for a while. But she did find some friends along the way on the internet. And even while she was sort of aimlessly drifting along in life, she was growing that fan base. People knew who she was. If you go back and you look at the archives of like the Bridge Nine message board, which was kind of where Hardcore was talking in that era, you'll definitely find lots of people discussing her. Content warning at your own risk. Ultimately, she ended up becoming a left-wing activist of sorts, and when we say left-wing here, we mean self-described anarchist. She advocated completely open borders and no nations. She supported Black Lives Matter. She supported the hacktivist collective Anonymous and WikiLeaks. So, basically, I think that we should be pressuring Donald Trump to do more to help Julian Assange. And I think that it's probably one of the most important things ever <laughs> that he get out of that embassy. See, the United States has never filed any public charges against Julian Assange. And I mean, there's probably, I'm sure there's sealed indictments against him, but it, it doesn't matter. President Donald Trump has the ability to grant a preemptive pardon, which means that he would never have to face trial or even be extradited here at all. Um, and that's exactly what he should do. The media is 
dependent and built on leaks, which Trump knows better than anyone. Um, often these leaks are false, and not only false, but have disastrous consequences, sometimes even deadly, like the case with the Iraq War. Um, unlike the fake news published by outlets like the New York Times to sell war to the public, Assange has published true, real information that has influenced the public to want to get out of wars on our own. Um, in fact, he was once held in the absolute highest regard by the left for his publishing of the Iraq and Afghan war logs, which crippled the agenda of the war-hungry swamp and dealt a massive blow to the Bush administration. Um, at the time, he was branded and trashed by establishment Republicans as an enemy of the state and, and by some really shitty Democrats, too, like Hillary Clinton. Yeah, that was before WikiLeaks became this sort of shameless cutout for dictators and despots. Like I said, she did continually run into this problem of making ends meet, which, as we know and as we've seen, it's a lot harder to make a living doing this on the left than it is the right. But I think it's probably worth talking about some of this early work because even though she says she has not changed, she did not change. The 2023 version of Fairbanks wouldn't just hate the 2013 version. She'd probably punch her in the face and then laugh about it afterwards. What do you, what do you think about the idea of like peaceful separation? I am so <laughs> pro divorce. I I want I want to split it. I absolutely I'm 100% you know, down for it and I'm so glad that I live in West Virginia which would be red as hell. We could work out a deal with Mexico. Or yeah. we could just right. take over. Some, I'm turning no, no, I don't right now. <laughs> Okay, okay, Miss Pinochet. Let's let's hold on here for a little oh, bit. Some of my thoughts lately would make Pinochet blush to be honest. That was Yeah, definitely. She is a very different person attitude-wise politically. The place she's coming from, and I know a little about this, is not necessarily the kind of place that really would have had any use for the person she is now. This was, for the most part, a scene that's very concerned with things like LGBTQ equality. Racism is a big fat no-no, even sort of putting up with Nazis, even sort of putting up with people who might be questionable, just was not a thing. These are sort of core values around this scene, and that's where Cassandra's coming from. And for her to all of a sudden flip on things, people got their minds blown. You go back and you read some of those old postings, and while they're not busy talking smack about her, they're saying, wait, she, she was at Breitbart? She was doing what now? Her attitude shift, nobody can really explain it over there. They're just all sort of convinced that she somehow ended up like getting co-opted by the cops. That's just as far as they think about it is uh -huh. like she's she's a, a cop snitch now or something. There was a profile that was done at Fairbanks in 2017 by Cosmopolitan magazine, which we will link to both mm -hmm. in the description and in any social media posts about this pod so you can read it for yourself. And it gives a fairly thorough summary of how her former colleagues reacted. And and the general consensus uh, according to the people who the Cosmopolitan writer spoke to was that well, whatever beliefs she had, they were, let's say, a mile wide, but not that very deep, that they were very, very profound for her in the moment. But she didn't possess what you would call a deep undergirding in theory or ideology when she would 
show up at Occupy, when she would rally on behalf of Julian Assange. It was just sort of a way for her to get a foothold in the world. And like I said, it was getting her some attention online. And she was becoming somewhat known in activist circles. But her conversion pretty much held firm right up until the point when Bernie Sanders lost the nomination to Hillary Clinton. And that appears to be the initiating event for Cassandra Fairbanks, that she was so repulsed by Hillary Clinton that she figured Trump would be a closer to Bernie alternative than a Hillary Clinton president. You know, people uh, read all these clickbait articles about the latest crazy thing that Donald Trump said, but there's actually a lot of substance in many of his speeches, actually all of his speeches. Um, I've been watching them, almost all of them, throughout the primaries, and for a long time, I would watch them so they could pick out the stupid things that he said and write some stupid article, and that was it. But a lot of what he says makes sense. He is against the TPP, which the Democrats wouldn't even put in their party platform. That's a non-binding agreement. They wouldn't even reach for it. <laughs> like, if they aren't even willing to be like, hey, we'll pretend to disagree with it, then we're, we're fucked if they win. Um, he, he's, you know, repeatedly said that he wants to invest money here at home in infrastructure and things of that nature, something that Bernie Sanders has also been pitching really hard. There's, there's quite a few issues where I, I really honestly believe that Donald Trump is closer to Bernie than Clinton is. Um, so yes, he says some stupid shit, <laughs> but Clinton is more dangerous. Um, I firmly, firmly believe that. Now, of course, this is insane and wrong. And I say this <laughs> as someone who was horrified by the thought of a Hillary Clinton presidency. Right. I did not want there to be a Hillary Clinton presidency. And it, thankfully, there never will be. But the idea that somehow this was better or that this would yes, have been worse than was Trump. The lesser of two evils. At yeah. Least. You know, there was this phenomenon where a bunch of people who voted for Obama in 2012, ended up voting for Trump. And, you know, pundits and writers and reporters spent a decent amount of time looking at the 2016 election and thinking, how did this happen? What kind of person could say, yeah, I would like Barack Obama to be the president, and then four years later say, no, actually, I think I would also like Donald Trump to be the president. It seemed uh, intellectually inconsistent, to say the least. And I think what the pundits and reporters were missing is that People vote for very stupid reasons. Yes. Yes. That, it is right. not like they're building out a logical decision tree or mapping out a candidate's position on the various issues and picking and choosing like a buffet and saying, right. well, I want X, Y, and Z, but I'll also have the egg roll and the general soap. That, it doesn't work like that. No, no. They hear no. one or two things that they might like that that person said, if that... And they say, okay, that's that's the person. That's who I'm voting for. That's my choice. People vote based on vibes. That's mm -hmm. what they do. Well, my, my thought with 2016 was that plenty of people had their gripes and problems with Hillary, and I voted for her. And no, I didn't love her. But it seemed to me the question was simple enough to put it this way. Who do you want to put the next Supreme Court justices on the bench. And right. do you want Donald Trump or do you want Hillary Clinton? And that was an easy enough explanation. 
I read that. I saw that. The end for me. And I felt like enough people would see that and think, huh, well, what is Donald Trump going to do? But not many people did see that, did care, did think that was really a pressing concern, didn't imagine what that would look like, because that's, yeah, you're, you're right. You're, that's you're not already what ahead. Do. You're you're now in the 5% of voters in this country, and I think I'm yeah. being generous when I say that. And, and that's on the left and the right. Like, if you look at the percentage of this country that actually votes, the kind that actually go through the time to think, well, the Supreme Court is going to be ruling on these things. Mm-hmm. Whomst do I want to be sitting in those eternal seats? You are now in the vast minority of voters in this country, regardless yeah. of idea. So, yeah. For, so when people ask me, why would someone get amped for Trump after Obama? It was a vibe. The vibe was that this was not just a vote for a politician in both cases. It was not just a vote for a politician who would enact policies and get bills passed that I support. It was this is exciting. I like this show. I want to be a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Well, and like if you look at congressional approval rates and you look at the people who do actually vote in this country and <laughs> there really aren't that many, right. uh, there are more people often that stay home and sometimes a lot more that stay home than vote, especially if you're talking about local races and this and that. But yeah. yes, there is a a consistent theme of Congress is corrupt and terrible and they don't care about me. And, and there is a solid voting block of people that just want to disrupt the system and they don't care who does it or, or how it comes about, but please God change something. Right. And that, that sort of energy is one of many reasons that Trump won. Absolutely. So Cassandra had kind of been kicking around a little bit at that time. She wasn't super, super prominent yet, but that was sort of where she rose to prominence when a group of these, shall we say, anonymous hackers decided to get the information. You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of the Did Nothing Wrong podcast. For just five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, as well as a new one every week and our entire library of premium episodes. Head on over to didnothingwrongpod.com slash subscribe to sign up today. Thanks again for your support. We couldn't do it without you.